Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors that we have joining us this day. Please know you're always very welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. Well, we gather now on this fifth Sunday in Lent, that is Judica Sunday in the historic one-year lectionary, and we begin to see a shift, a focus, as we get closer to Holy Week. Uh, and we'll note that with some special rubrics during the worship service this day. At the conclusion of the gospel, it says that Jesus then hid himself from his sight as he left after a very contentious debate with the Pharisees. It is at that time then that we veil the crucifix and the processional cross. And just as our eyes have fasted from the word Alleluia throughout Lent, so now, our, uh, or as our lips have, our eyes will now fast from the sight of the crucifix until we come to the great joy of Easter morning. So just a note that you will uh, see that then at the end of the gospel reading. We have great joy to receive the body and blood of Christ this day, and we do ask then in accordance with the word of Jesus that all those who commune with us this day be members either of our congregation joining in that one confession, uh, or um, then we ask that they refrain from receiving the Lord's Supper this day if they are not members of this congregation or another Missouri Synod congregation. Uh, and if you'd like to speak with me after the service about this biblical and ultimately loving practice, uh, I would love to have that conversation with you. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 1, which begins on page 151. Um, at this time, I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we do have that Focused on Christ section, which is a summary of today's readings. In the temple, Jesus said, If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. For Jesus came to taste death for us, to drink the cup of suffering to the dregs in order that we might be released from its power. Clinging to his life-giving words, we are delivered from death's sting and its eternal judgment. Christ is our high priest who entered the most holy place with his own blood and obtained everlasting redemption for his people. He is the one who was before Abraham was and yet is his descendant. He is the promised son who carries the wood up the mountain for the sacrifice, who is bound and laid upon the altar of the cross. He is the ram who is offered in our place, who is willingly caught in the thicket of our sin and who wears the crown of thorns upon his head. Though Jesus is dishonored by the sons of the devil, he is vindicated by the Father through the cross. As mentioned before, our service is Divine Service 1. As it begins on page 151, we now sing the first hymn. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, 
Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hands the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Hebrews chapter 9. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Then Jesus answered, then the the Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. 
Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, and yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out from the temple. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text this day is from the Gospel reading, John chapter 8, verses 43 and 47. Jesus said, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. When the Gospel... Both we and those in the temple that day, they were confronted with a Jesus, the promised Messiah, who is through being the nice guy. Jesus sounds blunt, he sounds combative, and that is because he is. That begs the question all the more then, why? Why is he like this? Well, the Lord is on a mission to save his enemies. Indeed, that has been the entirety of his life. He comes to save sinners. He loves them despite their hatred toward him. Yet we must remember that love, it's not always expressed in warm, comforting words and actions. Sometimes love looks like an intervention. Hence Jesus' words today. Jesus confronts those who hate them, those who would take his life in cold blood. He confronts them because he loves them, and he does not want them to die in their unbelief and their sin. Therefore, Jesus says to them, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Now, in an attempt to be charitable, you might wonder, well, was there some kind of intellectual problem with Jesus' enemies? Did they just simply not understand him because he was speaking in some kind of complex theological talk? Well, no, that wasn't the problem. Jesus was confronting a much deeper spiritual condition. After all, even a child can, by the Holy Spirit, trust the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, our Savior from sin and death. Our Lord even says, whoever is of God hears the words of God. In other words, whoever is of God hears and believes the words of God. They hear the word of God with faith. Faith is implicit in Jesus' statement. He is telling his enemies point blank They do not have faith in God. Remember that Jesus' opponents here are the religious leaders of Israel. These are the the teachers of the Jewish people. They take great offense at him because he reveals a terrible truth that they, quite frankly, do not want to hear. 
Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, Jesus said, you do not believe me. Which of you, one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Folks, these Jewish religious leaders, they had Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, right in front of them. They had heard his teaching and his preaching more than once. They had witnessed, many of them, firsthand, his miracles. In this exchange, Jesus was intensely confrontational on purpose. He was holding the mirror of God's law to their hearts and minds and shining the light of truth upon the darkness of their unbelief. This is as intense as it gets. But how do they answer him? Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Folks, they accused Jesus of being an ungodly, demon-possessed heretic. That was the meaning behind their words. They revealed with their lips what was in their hearts, and no surprise to us, their condition is exactly as Jesus had revealed. They were unbelievers, yoked to their father, the devil, in hard-hearted unbelief. And we see the same today. See, unbelievers do not have a cognitive or an intellectual problem. It is not a lack of intelligence that keeps people from saving faith in Christ Jesus. It is a spiritual problem. Remember the meaning to the third article of the Apostles' Creed. Luther holds forth for us the clear teaching of the Holy Scriptures. And we confess, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and he keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. See, those who hear the gospel and reject it do so because they reject the Holy Spirit. Unbelief is a spiritual problem, not an intellectual problem. St. Paul echoes this when he says, The natural person, that is the unbeliever, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We see this in the gospel today, and we also see it in our own lives. Remember what Jesus spoke concerning our enemy, the devil, that he was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, speaks out of his own character, for he is a father, and as Jesus says, or is a liar, and as Jesus says, the father of lies. Now, as God's baptized children, we endure the assaults of the devil and his lies every single day, and it often happens in the most subtle of ways. Think about it like this. What is it that draws you away from the word and sacraments of Christ? What is more interesting, more engaging to you than the truth of God's word and the beauty and riches found therein? What lies does the devil whisper to you in order to get you to, well, you know, just kind of neglect, reject the word of God, prayer, and worship, in order to do something, anything else at all? Or to come at it differently, what about those thoughts that you know you shouldn't have thought, those words that you know you shouldn't have spoken, those actions that you wish you could take back. 
You see, we prove daily in our thoughts, words, and deeds that the old Adam, that is our old sinful flesh, is easily tempted away from the truth of God's word. And in our weakness, we do fall prey to the devil's lies. And so we pray, O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Lord, deliver us from the evil one. And we can also pray thanks be to God the Father, because we do have such a deliverer whose name is Christ the Lord, our Savior from sin. You see, it was love which drove Jesus to confront his enemies in this way, and it was love which drove him to walk in the midst of them, bluntly reveal their sin, and then call them to repent. As we sang in the hymn just before the sermon, my song is love unknown, my Savior's love to me, love to the loveless shown that they might lovely be. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take frail flesh and die? Dear saints, it is love which drove Jesus to the cross for you, for me, for all his enemies, indeed, all sinners. Jesus told his enemies, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Amen, amen, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. You see, the hour of Jesus' glory was coming. He knew that he would be glorified and vindicated on the cross by his heavenly Father. And though it is Judica, that is the fifth Sunday in Lent, we see a glimpse of Good Friday in the intro that we prayed today, and so also in the appointed psalm for today. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. See, Jesus... Throughout the entirety of his life and ministry, he took refuge in his Father. In his crucifixion and resurrection, he was vindicated, that is, shown and proved to be right and to be justified in all that he said and did. Even a lowly Roman centurion will by faith exclaim, Surely this man was the Son of God. In the midst of his suffering on the cross, Jesus prayed for his enemies, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The light and truth of God's promises, they were fulfilled in Christ Jesus, who is himself our great high priest and the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like Isaac in the Old Testament reading, Jesus was brought to the holy hill of sacrifice, carrying the wood for the offering on his back, and there he was offered up for our redemption, our salvation. And that redemption and salvation is yours in Christ Jesus. Now through faith in Christ, you have the full and complete pardon for all of your sins, life everlasting, the promise of paradise, and salvation from Satan. Again, these are all yours through faith in Christ Jesus. You who were far off from God have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You who were enemies of God are now baptized and beloved children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And by the Spirit you cry out, Abba, Father. This is the word and promise of God we cling to in faith. As Jesus said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And so it is, dearly loved saints of God, that the Holy Spirit has called you to faith by this gospel. And he has gathered you here this day in order to enlighten you with the gifts of Jesus, his word and his sacraments. You see, these gifts of Christ, they give you a good conscience before your heavenly Father. 
They comfort your soul and they strengthen faith. It is the light and truth of God's word which led you to climb out of bed this day, come to God's holy house, ascend the little holy hill out there coming into church and be here where God dwells with you, his people. This is where your Lord feeds you his true body and his true blood from his altar. And so may Christ's gifts and mercy grant you exceeding joy and peace on this day. You see, we stand on one of the final Sundays in Lent, overlooking Palm Sunday and all that follows. And as we draw closer to these holy and solemn days, I pray that you go forward in repentant joy and in peace. May the light and truth of God's merciful love in Christ be your exceeding joy. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who by his death brought us, to, brought us to his holy hill, and by his resurrection justified us in his sight, that he would lead us by the light and truth of his holy word to vindication in Christ, in the face of all the enemies of the gospel. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord who provided at Mount Moriah a ram as substitute for Isaac and who provided at Mount Calvary his own son as substitute for the world would lead us by his spirit to trust his word of promise and continually set our hope in Christ who is able to raise the dead and bless all nations of the earth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all fathers in the home and church that our heavenly father would give them wisdom and fortitude that he would make them faithful in teaching his word to the children entrusted to their care, and that all little ones would come to know their Heavenly Father and live as true children of God. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all expecting mothers and their children, that our Heavenly Father would guard and protect both mother and child through this time of great expectation and bring all to a safe delivery, and in his mercy grant these same little ones forgiveness, life, and salvation in the second birth of holy baptism. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Charlie Myers, brother of Anne Heil, thanksgiving for a successful surgery given to him, that the Lord would continue to speed recovery and comfort him at this time, and that he would be led in faith to bless the Lord for all his mercy shown to him. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all civil authorities, that our nation would be preserved in peace, that all wars would be ended, and all Christians would be allowed to live quiet and peaceable lives in godliness and honesty. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in need, especially Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, and Chuck Lichty, that God would receive our prayers not because of our worth, but in his mercy, through the intercession of Jesus Christ, our great high priest, and that he would answer our petitions on account of the merits and mediation of his Son, our Savior. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those shut in, including Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the Holy Spirit would comfort them with the promise of Christ, who will never forsake his own. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who commune, that God would prepare our hearts and give us faith in the word of his Son, our great High Priest, mediator of the New Testament in his blood, and that we would thus be worthy to eat his body and drink his blood, going in full confidence to the altar of God, to our exceeding joy. 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word, that we may not be deceived by that liar and murderer, the devil, but know your truth, and so come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome. And on that note of welcome, just so I don't forget, we do have some friends with us here from the uh, Lutheran Student Center at the University of Central Missouri. I'm sure I got the acronym wrong and everything and all that, but I'll have you stand up at this time if you don't mind, Dallas, and introduce yourself. Yeah, please do. Um, so everybody can see me. I um, wanted to say thank you, first of all. Um, it's very welcoming to you guys that let us worship with you today. And uh, my gosh, it's a gorgeous church, wonderful congregation, and a wonderful service. So thank you for letting us be here. Um, we are with the University of Central Missouri, specifically the Lutheran Student Center. And I wanted to, we came primarily uh, the hour-plus trip it was uh, to thank you because over the years you all have donated to our mission there, and uh, you, you sponsor us a lot. Uh, over those years, we've grown from being just a few students, quite a few students. We've grown from being just a director who can only spend a part-time position there to now that we have a pastor and we actually have worship services there on our campus. Uh, we have done a lot of different things and a lot of great things because of your uh, contributions to our mission. And so I wanted to introduce myself. I am Dallas Heekman. Uh, I am the president of the board there, and uh, we run our operations there uh, through the grants that you all give and provide to us and through a lot of, of course, um, faith and prayers through Jesus Christ. Um, I want to introduce uh, our student, one of our students here. Actually, I'll introduce yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Dave. Um, I'm actually the communications officer at the Lutheran Student Center. And we just we do a lot of great, fun things at the Lutheran Student Center. I mean, at the very least, it's a meal and Bible study every Tuesday night, so I mean, it's a meal I don't have to worry about. Usually on Tuesdays, we either have a movie night or we'll actually have like a chapel or church service um, because some of our members aren't able to go out and go to uh, either their own church or the church in town because it's quite a distance from UCM. So people can still attend church service on a quite a monthly uh, basis. Um, so that's pretty nice. We also occasionally do uh, other fun, more field trip type things, like I think every October we go to the pumpkin patch, pick, pick pumpkins for the LSC. Um, and then I think we've also done an escape room somewhere recently. So, so, we also, so we provide for the students a place of safety and a place of faith uh, for those in Jesus. And we, we thank you again for your contributions. And if you all have any questions or you want to get more involved in anything, please talk to us or something like that, or reach us, to, us down in Lawrenceburg, we'll be glad to have you there at any time. We encourage you to come by and see the facility. They might not look as awesome as that, but uh, <laughs> well, thank you again. Thank you, Dallas and Gabe, and then also the lovely lady with Dallas. This is wife Andrea here this morning, and uh, so we're overjoyed to have you here with us this morning. Thank you for coming up. Uh, and of course, immediately following worship, we do have uh, Bible study and Sunday school for the, uh, for the little ones, uh, adult Bible study. And then for the, for the older ones, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Monday at 9.30, is the pastor's reading group. That'll be out in Liberty. Uh, followed then on Tuesday at 9 o'clock with our Lutheran Confessions reading group and member class in the evening. On uh, Wednesday is uh, the last of our midweek Lenten services, so you go to the schedule well at this point with confirmation followed by our meal and the vespers. 
um, and then uh, workout class choir rehearsal there. And on Thursday at 7 o'clock, we do have our handbell practice. Um, and just coming up this next Sunday, of course, is Palm Sunday, also known as Passion Sunday, also known as Confirmation. Uh, and we rejoice that Simeon Durham has faithfully completed his confirmation studies and will then be confirmed uh, next Sunday. So thanks to all for that. Um, Easter cards are available here in the library. If you uh, have need of those, if you have any questions, please see Louise. She'd be happy to help you. Um, anything that I make of this this morning? Otherwise, go in God's peace into this week as we draw all the closer uh, to meditate on our Lord's passion and His great love for us in His death and resurrection. All great.